little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks only fairy tales have happy endings. Hello all and welcome back to Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be looking at all the questions you need to ask to see if your relationship is up to the test. I'll be talking about what we can learn from the vixens of the past with Judith Owen and I'll be looking at the times when your little ones might have put a dampener on things. If you like what you hear then please rate, review or at least subscribe wherever you get your finest of podcasts and I hope you're ready because I'm about to start the test. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. How much do you believe in your current relationship? Hmm? Okay, all right, yeah, no, I admit that is a tricky question. And uh, it might also be a bit too early for you to answer this if you're on your early morning commute. But by that, I mean, when the honeymoon phase is over and done, is your significant other really the person for you? So TikTok account Safe Soul Space has come up with five questions you need to ask yourself to see if you really have found the right person. So number one is if someone told you you looked a lot like your partner, would this be a compliment to you? Isn't there some weird kind of adage? Isn't there something that says that we're always attracted to the people we we kind of look like? Okay, don't source me on that. This is a podcast. I might have made that up. I could have dreamt it. <laughs> don't at me. And the next question is, are you truly fulfilled or just less lonely? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that is also one that I think I tend to ask all my friends who are in relationships after we've had a pint of rosé. Uh, <laughs> are you truly fulfilled or just less lonely? Number three. Are you able to be unapologetically yourself or do you feel the need to show up differently just to please your partner? That's a lot of what long words in that one. Yep. Uh, basically, have you farted in front of each other? <laughs> I, I've read about some people who still haven't farted in front of their partners. And I think that is a good test of a relationship. Like, are you really being yourself or are you just like giggling at their answers or are you you know putting on this kind of mask in front of them you've got to be yourself number four are you in love with who your partner is right now as a whole or are you only in love with their good side their potential or the idea of them there is a lot in that question take your time over that one but yeah, are you in love with them as who they are now or is it more that you just really like who they are on social media or what you can turn them into or just the idea of having someone? It's just the idea of being in love, the thing that you're in love with. And finally, number five, 
Would you want your future or imagined child to date someone like your partner? Ooh, that's a good one. I love that one. That really puts a lot of things into perspective. I also think questions like these are good as a self-reflective thing. Would I want someone that I love dating someone like me? Well, obviously, I'm sublime. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Do you think these are good questions? Are they things that you've asked yourself? You can find out more of these and some of the answers that other people have given over on the article. These five questions are making people dump their partners. Does your relationship pass the test? Over at metro.co.uk. But obviously, not before you have listened to my fabulous chat with this week's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, this week's guest is a singer-songwriter with over a million album streams under her belt. She's toured the world and released 13 albums with her latest celebrating the unapologetic female singers of yesteryear. So, because every generation think they're the ones who invented sex, I've invited her on to see what the kids of tomorrow can learn from the sultry vixens of the past. It's Judith Owen. Oh, hello. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm very excited because I just read this on your website and I was so happy to hear about this. So I'm so intrigued about what you've been learning from all these fantastic women in, in musical history because your yeah. your, your uh, 13th album and it says that you celebrate the jazz and blues women of the 1940s and 50s and you were captivated by these unapologetic chantutri... Shantuseries. Shan- <laughs> You're going to have to help me out here, Owen. You're going to have Shantuse. to help me out. Shantuse. Shantuse. I, I think it's plural, whether it's Shantuse for one or a hundred. Shantuse. <laughs> you did it beautifully. I promise and you. Said that you made it your mission to dig deep and find out more from both a musical and historical perspective. So what yeah. were some of the things that you have learned as a woman in 2023 from these amazing women from the 30s and 40s? Because some of us might be like, oh, we're all super empowered. But I think those are the women who we we have to look back at because they we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they're the ones who are the giants. So what were the, come some of the things that became really influential to you? Well, I, I should I should start by saying that I first heard these women when I was six years old because my father, who was an extraordinary person, and my mum and dad were... A, classical musicians my father was an opera singer at Covent Garden but his incredible love was of jazz and blues and he and my mother had this extraordinary collection which included women like Nellie Lutcher and Julia Lee and Dinah Washington and and Blossom Deary and and Pearl Bailey and Peggy Lee the list goes on and on and on and the first song I heard was a song called Fine Brown Frame which is basically a woman staring at a good looking I mean a drop dead fit man and just oozing over him, you know, I mean, just flirting in the most preposterous way. The song is brilliant. As a six-year-old, I didn't know it was sexual. All I knew was it was filled with joy and humour and made me want to dance around the room. Um, and, you know, and as I grew up, of course, it made me want to dance around the room and take my clothes off. But that that's a different thing altogether. But when you're a kid, you don't get what that is. But these songs were 40s, 50s. Now they're 70 years old. And in making this record, in doing this, honouring them, celebrating these women who are mostly forgotten is the truth. They're mostly forgotten. They were the trailblazers who were singing about sex and celebrating it at a time when nice girls were meant to be singing about romance. These women 
were absolutely nodding, winking, double entendre, innuendo. They were luxuriating in their female power, in their female sexuality. Now, little did I know that making this album, there are 13 albums. I'm a grown-ass woman, as they say here in America. I'm a big grown-up. But would I believe that what came of making this record was that it affected me so deeply that it made me, you know, you say, what is left to learn? Oh, an awful lot. Mm. An awful lot is left to learn. For example, um, you know, I think women over 40 have been fed the line for a very, very long time that somehow you become invisible, mm. irrelevant, you turn to dust, you're not sexy, just, you know, everything dries up and turns to a husk, just put it away, put it, you know, it, I'm, I, I swear to God, this is the lie. But it's not the truth. And it's a myth that has been, you know, sent out there because it's like once you pass child, I guess it's to do with childbearing and, and it's to do with the basically, you know, I'm going to say it, the men putting rules out there as to what is and isn't. And we're not good friends to each other as women. We're not. We're not supportive to each other. And we need to be better. That's another thing altogether that I'll get to. But what I learned and what there is left to learn is when you get to a point where you don't give a fuck about what anybody mm. thinks about you or you don't give a shit if somebody judges you because you're, you're the worst judge, where you realise that actually you can be your full, I use this word a lot, unapologetic, sexual, brilliant, big as you want, loud as you want, wearing what you want. This is men and women alike, but as a woman I can only say that that is what this music teaches you is to... Be your authentic, unapologetic, badass self. Embrace it, enjoy it, because there is nothing sexier and, than confidence. And as I say, this, is an ex this music is an exercise in female confidence and empowerment, and there is nothing sexier than confidence. How does it do that for you? What was the moment when you <laughs> went, ah, here we go, I feel it? Yeah, well, I'm, I've been, I'm a, a performer, I'm on stage, I've been on stage and touring. It's the love of my life is actually performing live. But I'm always behind the piano and I'm big and I'm like a beast at the piano and I'm very physical. But becoming, I, I, I decided that I was going to immerse myself in these women. I was going to, I always wear men's clothes. I'm always in a suit. That's my thing. I like a man's clothes. I'm very, very fluid that way. I'm androgynous with all my hair. I'd still like to be, those those things put together, I think it's the sexiest thing because it's so empowering for me. I've been since I was a kid. But to stand up front and center in this kind of uh, old Hollywood look in a suit, singing these songs that are dripping with double entendre and innuendo. I mean, they're basically sex on a stick. These songs are so sexual with a sense of humor. And I think that's what makes them so glorious. They're not like you know, take me seriously, I'm so sexual and incredible and, you know, let's fuck. It's not that. It's like everything is about double entendre and having fun with it. And let's be honest, isn't that the greatest sex anyway when you're having fun and you're deliriously joyful? I mean, that's it. That's really it. Do you think you were always open to that message or do you think it's, it's something that's happened to you over time? Like many people... Um, especially, I'm going to say say it. It's many Brits and and Americans. <laughs> Americans are very similar. They're just louder. Now, come on, come on, Judy. 
setting up the fight of the nation again. We've only just gotten over it. I know. (laughs) It's taken hundreds of years. But truly, there's that, you know, it's what is living inside, what your potential is, what you know is in there, but you're either fearful of or don't have the confidence to reveal. And I think that's what so so many of us feel is that it's in there. We know that there's that person in there that we so want to reveal and to connect with, but we don't know how, or we're scared, or we feel we'll be judged, or people will knock us down, or our family will hate us, or, you know, any of those things. I was loud and mouthy and, you know, musical since I was a kid, but even I, as a performer, still felt um, uh, comfort and safety in being at the piano and being at my anchor, that place where I felt, like I said, where I felt safe, like I had that safety net. But the truth was, when I suit up and when I hat up and when I, you know, do that, do the 1940s, 50s look, when I get into that, that person who I've now, my band has called it Lady J. But when I, when I get into her, all bets are off. That's it. She's, it's, it's the reason why entertainers have, have these alter egos when they go on stage. You know, when you go on as yourself, if I go on as a singer songwriter, as Judith Owen, there's still a a level of self-consciousness about me because I'm just, exposing myself I'm going on with no armor on and I think it's finding finding that stuff that makes that gives you that feeling of like you can hide behind it a bit and actually in doing so you can let that part of you out you can be your your authentic self so what about when you see, you know, there's there's so much going on these days about when you've got the younger generation and younger musicians, especially females and, and women musicians, and a lot more commercialised, but they're a lot more sexualized. And it feels yeah. like finding that that moment of like, I'm empowered and I'm sexual and I'm disempowered, but I'm still having to be sexual. Where would be your advice on finding the empowerment for people who are like, oh, in order to be commercial, I have to wear a bra whilst I'm playing the piano. (laughs) That's a bit much. You mean a whole bra? What are you talking about? That's just so prudish of you. Um, I, you, you got me on my favourite topic, seriously, because, you know, it, it seems to me that I have young women, I have so many young women who are now like fans of mine and, and it makes me thrill to my heart. It, it makes me so happy because as a young woman, I was listening to the to, to the Nelly, to, to this music, to these fabulous women from the 40s. And yeah. they made me want to be bolder and braver and stronger and and take risks and, you know, be sexual, but be sexual on my terms mm. as myself. They didn't, that wasn't an era where you stripped off and you sat, you know, and you sat at the piano as you're, you're, you're correct in a G string. I mean, this, that wasn't it. It was a, you still had to have that mystery. You still had that sense of still, you know, making the effort and really looking put together. And I'm a believer that one route, I guess, and it's not my route. And it, uh, and I get asked this by young girls at the end of the show, which is, you know, how, I I love what you are, what you are sending. I love that you're sexy and you're not taking a thing. I love that you're suited up. You're completely like the mystery of it is that I'm take I'm keeping it on. I'm not taking it off. Mm. I am done up and I'm still sending out you know a ton of of sex vibes. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that my thing is about being sexual and keeping it on because. Mm. Sex is what 
sex isn't about stripping off and basically looking like you're, you know, you should be climbing, climbing the pole. I mean, it can be, and that's great if that's what you want. And if that's, that's what you're going for, fantastic. But that's not the only way. And that's what I do want to say to young artists. That isn't the only way to just take it off. That isn't, that really isn't. There are many ways to be sexual and sexy and to do it, like I said, to do it as you're authentic. I keep using that word, but I mean it, to be yourself. And who are the people from the past who would reflect that as well? So you're, you've got an album out. It's got uh, Pearl Barley. Like you, on your website, you talk about Pearl Barley, Dinah Washington, uh, Peggy Lee. So are there any women from the 40s and 50s and these sultry song stresses that you would look at in the same way and that you could point people to? Yeah, I mean, I think that the difference is that now, like I said, everything is so... Um, sexuality has now become a commodity. It's become such a, um, a wide open thing. Lyrically, everything is, is, is all there. You know, it's all, it's all said, it's all spoken. This is kind of going back to another time where sexuality was, it's like burlesque, the difference between burlesque and stripping burlesque, Mm. keeping a bit of mystery, keeping, keeping it on even to the end so that you're, you're left going, what? Oh my God. You know, there's something so unbelievably sexy about a person that's flirting with you in the Mm. audience, flirting heavily. And it, it's it's really extraordinary. It's a, such an art form. Well, these women, these songs, you know, if you go and listen to any of the Dinah Washington, and it's not the it's not the like the big hits that were for uh, uh, for you know, like I said, for the nice songs like you know, Mad About the Boy and all those kind of songs. No, these are like big long sliding thing about about. <laughs> about her looking for, <laughs> looking for her trombone player lover you know and it's like and of course it's dripping with innuendo it is filthy it's filthier than anything you could shake a stick at because it is we all know the joke or you know king size papa i've got a man who's almost eight foot tall i take the door off the hinges when my baby comes to call i mean come on it's, this is about <laughs> joyfulness it's about the things that we should be having fun with sex, happiness, wicked humor, music, having a party, celebrating life. That's what this music is about. It makes you want to dance around the room and it makes you forget the shit that's going on outside. Now, speaking of which, I want to know what are you, what is your playlist when it comes to wanting to get up and wanting to dance and wanting to say fuck off to the world. Yay! What is the Judith Owen Spotify playlist? Which songs do you go for? Who can you recommend? When I want to say fuck off to the world, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to say that if anybody puts their headphones on and walks down the street to uh, uh, to respect Aretha Franklin, they will they will know that life is to be lived and and they'll get strut in their step and they'll just, as a woman, you just want to just march down the street feeling like you are, you are it. And, mm-hmm. and I do, I really do I encourage people to do that, to do what they did as a kid. You know, when we're children, we are encouraged to go in the fancy dress box and to put the cape on and pretend that we're, you know, Princess Thing and Prince Who and whatever, you know, I mean, we're encouraged and we, in a weird way, we get to be so much, we we get to be more authentic because 
Nobody says you can't do this. Nobody said to me, no, you're not, you know, you can't be a boy or a knight till you can't, you know, nobody ever said anything about sexuality, gender, or anything like that. You just get to put on the clothes that you want to, to play with and you march around feeling fantastic and you're in your fantasy world. Then you grow mm. up or told you can't do that again. You know, grow the fuck up. That's what, basically what you're mm. told. And some of us who are fortunate, even though I'm here in, in Southern California, I actually live, when I'm not in London, I live in New Orleans. And if there's anywhere in the world where you are encouraged to be your absolute authentic, who gives a crap who that might be, self, it's New Orleans. Everybody is preparing throughout the year, all the time, for a party, for costume, for Mardi Gras, for dress up, for celebration. And no one looks at you twice if you're like, rocking a great wig or a giant hat or some ridiculous outfit going down the street. People applaud it. They love it. And this is the most liberating and inspiring thing I've ever experienced. I wouldn't have been able to make this record, which, of course, I made there with my New Orleans gentleman callers. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. that's, that's another side to the sexuality is being that woman in charge, in charge of the gentleman. Oh, yeah. that That's... Oh, is there a song for you that captures that New Orleans Mardi Gras spirit? There, I, I think, like I said, um, big long sliding thing. It's a, it's a, it's a pleaser. It's a major pleaser. But I, I refer to that because the thing about New Orleans jazz, New Orleans music, it's a living art form. Uh, this isn't a museum piece. This is the birthplace of jazz, but it's oozing with sexuality. I mean, jazz comes out the brothels. Jazz was all about, that's what it was. It was sex. It was sex music. It was music for stripping. It was music for bumping and grinding. It's rock and roll. That's what it was. And that's what it is. What would be your stripper music? What would be your stripper song? It would be, and go back to him again. It's my sliding <laughs> thing. And I can give you, do you want to hear a bit? I mean, seriously. Yeah, go on. Yes, yeah, go for it. I've been in every bar, been in every honky-tonk, trying to find my daddy. With that broke down piece of junk, asked everyone to help me. Cried, help me if you can. You know, I need my daddy. He's that trombone playing man. Oh, 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 where is my daddy? Oh, where is my daddy with that big long a sliding thing? It goes Yay. on. And it is. And I swear, <laughs> and it goes through, I even asked a man who played a steel guitar. I mean, lines like, he, you know, he brought his amplifier. He fixed it in my plug. He planked it and he plunked it. I mean, all it's fantastic. And the end, may I sing you the end, if this isn't the most sexy yeah. thing So, oh, the first time that he played, I asked him how it was done. He said... I blow through here with my fingers and my thumb. Oh, I slide it right back. Then I slide it up again. I got a lot of wind and then I slide it back again. Oh, that is my daddy with that woo, big, big, long sliding thing. Woo, 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 Oh, yay. Yes. Amazing. Oh, my God. So it's just, and then when you hear the big band behind me going, 
and the guy on the on the on the trombone with the plunger that's literally that's what I'm talking about. You don't need to take your clothes off to hear this music or or sing it or dance to it. It feels like some of these songs are such classics and we always everyone loves a bit of innuendo and everyone but and we've got this wonderful uh rise in like um lip syncing and drag queens and drag kings why aren't they singing these songs like these all feel like perfect do you think they've just been lost over time or we just in a world where we can have any piece of music at any time how can people start finding songs like these I, th- I I encourage people to to listen to my album and to listen to the originals and to find out. That's the whole point of this is to shine the light on this music. The reason why drag queens and kings don't play or lip sync to this is because it's much more a sort of club scene. It's much more of that, you know, disco meets club now. Uh, it's it's much more that dance aspect. I mean, I'm the, I'm probably you. Some would describe me as a drag queen. God knows, a god drag king. <laughs> I mean, I'm both. I've always said I've just got a man trapped inside my body, and it's the truth. Drag is, is anything. You can be anything. any drag. And yeah. I am so drag, and that's the point. If you see a photo of me, you it's like I'm Dietrich, Rita Haywood mixed with, like, Catherine Hepburn's suits mixed with it's the old Hollywood, but brought back into that, in, into, like, present time, uh, giving it that fresh contemporary feel. But it's... This is a, a, a different era in my job, I think, and that's why I think it has done as well as it has and why people are are really, really reacting so amazingly and positively to this album is because this is taking you, it's transporting you to another time, another point of view. It's, it's something that I think people really want right now, especially post-COVID, especially mm. post-COVID. It's like... That feeling, and especially because in the it, we're, at the same time that we're having drag everything and we're being so open and fabulous, we're also being really shut down and unbelievably tight-assed about what you can and can't do and what were there. And in America, women are being put, you know, pointed back in the corner and told that they don't even have power over their own bodies and stop that now. You must get back to who you were pre-Roe versus Wade. You know, it, it's a shocking time that we're in right now. And yeah. it's great and liberating. And it's also because of that, as a reaction to that, that's getting more and more like also pulled down and tightened and ugly too. Um, so I think that I'm, I'm just, I just want my audience and my listeners to know about this incredible music that I've been fascinated by and, and in love with since I was a kid. And I want everybody to listen to this, to listen to this album and put some red lipstick on, wear whatever makes them feel sexy, put the headphones on or whatever you want, and sing along to it. Sing along and dance your ass off and do all those things that make you feel like connects you to your own sexuality because that's the point of it all. And that's what makes me so happy when I do this live is because I can see the effect that it has on the audience. And it's the same effect it has on me and that's the most beautiful thing there is it really really is 
It sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Judith. If people want to find more information, where can they get you? Well, they can find me, of course, on Spotify and Amazon, all the usual uh, areas. But if you want to find out where I'm playing, what I'm doing, where I'm going to be next, go to judithowen.net and you will find absolutely everything there is. And uh, listen to this music because it's... um, And listen to the woman. Listen to these women. And I I encourage women to share each other's stories and to be each other's allies and to, uh, you know, really, really enjoy each other. And there, you know, we want a, a world of confident, sexy, healthy women. That's what we want. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Judith. Pleasure. Bye, my love. I have once again delved into the fun bags and I asked you for all those awkward times your little darlings might have ruined your sexcapades. So Cassandra on Twitter, yes, I'm still calling it that, uh, she says, when our child throws a tantrum, me and my girlfriend whisper, remember Fiji to each other? And we think of the round the world holiday we could have had instead of taking the IVF. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Oh, I don't know whether that's that's a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> but yes, if you need to have that moment of escapism when your kid is throwing a tantrum, then please think of Fiji. Uh, anonymous on email. Yes, we can keep you anonymous. They said, I'm not sure if my child ruined my sex life or the other way around when my little boy had a friend round to play. One minute they were happily playing in his room and the next he decided to show his mate all the funny buzzers he had previously found underneath my bed. Oh, we can tell where this is going. I tried to tell them that these were DIY tools. Well, that is true in a way. Anonymous, come on, you are doing it yourself. And that my rampant rabbit moved that way so it could unclog the toilet. Oh, Oh, I hope you didn't have to give a demonstration. But they're normally waterproof anyway, so... Um, Harry B on Instagram says, My son always pretends to vomit when he sees me and the wife having a cheeky snog. I wouldn't mind, but he's 32. It's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. (laughs) We got another dad joke. Thank you, Harry. Oh dear. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to Anna Key about taking Japanese rope bondage out of the bedroom and into your accessories closet. So I want your stories of when you might have tried to be a bit kinky in public. Tell me everything. Uh, I am now, because I've been kicked off Instagram, (laughs) as we've talked about on this show before, but it turns out you can't actually have a sex and relationship podcast on Instagram. Uh, So you can slide into my DMs at here comes the cane again or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly oral cream pie, please leave me a nice review. In the meantime, I'll be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you do, then name it after me.